Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast. We're here today to talk all about 90 Day Fiance the other way, season three, episode five. I am very excited to break all of this down. And then stay tuned later. I'll talk about 90 Day Bears All, the third episode of the second season. That's a whole other nonsense to talk about. But we're here to talk about the main ish. I am your host and conductor of the Hot Mess Express, Puya Zanvakili, ready to break all of this down. And as always, I'm not alone. I'm here with, no offense to Matt, but the better half of the wrestling wrap up co-host. <laughs> Very excited. I'm kidding, Matt. I love you. Please don't be mad at me. Um, it is Mari Forth herself. Mari, how are you doing today? Hey, Puya. You know I'm always down for a ride on the Hot Mess Express. But don't worry. If I get a bad feeling, we'll jump out. Okay? All right. Sounds good. We'll bail. We'll bail if it's bad. We'll bail if it's bad. <laughs> Oh my God. So yeah, Mari, for those of you, give you a little bit of a background, uh, folks. Mari reached out to me and was like, Oh yeah. Yo, this season has been great. I'm yep. feeling it. I'm falling back in love. Please have me. And I was like, Mari, say less. You're here. And I'm so excited to talk about this episode with you today. Well, I've told you, I, I've told you before, you, your podcast, you, you, this is one of the podcasts I will shamelessly beg to be on. Like short list, but I will shamelessly beg to be on, especially for this season, because um, like we said, like we talked about when I was here last, like last season, Happily Ever After, it really just, it dragged only because, mostly because we saw the same couples from, yeah, uh, yeah from, from 90 Day. And so and none of those couples were, were exciting, really. And then we got a double dose of them on Happily Ever After. And I was just so burnt out. I'm like, yo, I just, I'm done with, with you guys. So this season, I almost was like, man, should I even watch? But, uh, the other way has always been like, I, I think if I had to rank them, I like before the 90 day, I like the other way. And then I like 90 day fiance. So. Mm-hmm. Once I, once I like watched the first episode, I was like, Oh man, I'm so in. Like I forgot how good some of these couples were. And then I think the new couples are, are like bringing it. So yeah, I was like, um, I have, my phone has not rung about 90 day fiance. So I need to rectify that situation. I need to just grovel. 
Yeah, it's honestly, um, it's very interesting because I also feel similarly in that before the 90 days, my favorite, because before the 90 day, there's less commitment from the couple. So it's a lot yes. more just drama and nonsense, which I love. But then the other way and regular 90 day, it's real. So mm -hmm. the hurts hurt and the stupidity is sad because they, they clearly can't cure it. And they're in this like long-term relationship. So it's messy. but. I do agree. I was done talking about Mike and Natalie at the end of oh, 90 Day God. Regular. And then we had yes. a whole happily ever after with them. So I them. Like I was like, no, why? Why? <laughs> this is yeah. so bad. No. Why are they back? <laughs> and I mean, the good news is that we don't have to talk about them today. Where We have a yes. whole cast of 90 Day the Other Way people to talk about. So let's just dive in here and start off. Let's go over to Ari and Binium. They had surprisingly the most quiet episode they've had yet. What have your mm -hmm. thoughts been on Ari and Binium full, like watching the five episodes before we dive into this episode? Well, I think, I think you've been doing a great job. I like how you've been having lots of newbies on to get their opinions, but Ari and Binium are like a train wreck that I kind of feel like shouldn't be a train wreck. Well, that's what I thought, you know, going into the season. I'm like, they could really make it work if they made it work. But then a lot of stuff that was revealed this season about basically her and Leandro breaking up on a whim, her going to Ethiopia and basically getting accidentally pregnant was and the reason like she went back home while she was pregnant and she she saw him while she was pregnant. But then her committing to Benny, like the overlap that was there, like you can't tell me there wasn't any overlap between her and Leandro and her and Benny. Like I. I'm just kind of shocked that it took the second season for us to learn all of this. You know what I'm saying? Like that was just too much. And, and I just feel like they are now in a situation where their foundation was rocky. I think it looks like they are doing, they were doing really well. And then that Leandro visit just really really set them back. Um, again, we don't know anything that happens when the cameras aren't off, but just the inference, you know, it's just kind of like, I just, Leandro comes, the, we, we get all of her basically explaining that she still had feelings for him. Let's be real. She was saying, I still have feelings for you in front of your fiance. Um, and half the time I want to be like, okay, I felt bad for Ben Binyam because he's sitting there while the woman that he wants to be with is just kept throwing in her ex's face that we could have had a different future like together. It was so weird that that visit was so weird. Leandro's question answers to all of those questions were horrendous. I was like, oh. No, they did it. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, I don't, I don't trust Leandro. I don't trust Ari. And then Binyam just came back and, and was, went lower by in, in involving his ex. I'm rambling, but it's just like, I feel so bad for the two of them because I really feel like they could really make it. But I don't know if, if either of them were ready for this. Like this was a a whim. All of this feels like it was a whim that they're trying to like make into something, but it's just not 
working. I don't know. I'm so sad for them, to be quite honest. Uh, and most of that is going on the next time on, because this week we we only saw the bare minimum from them. That was just me. I'm sorry, guys. That was me rambling. <laughs> no, no, don't be sorry at all. It was. I mean, it's great to get a recap of all of that because we're not mm-hmm. going to have much to speak on here because mm-hmm. literally they gave us what they gave us last week and the next time on this week. There was nothing additional really thrown in there. Um, right. And it really does feel like they're in a position where now they have to pick up all the pieces that Leandro knocked loose as far as yes. their trust towards each other and the direction of the relationship, which it seems like they want to make it work, right? Everything looks mm-hmm. like they want to make it work now. They're on the right foot, which is great. Um, But this episode, what happens is basically Ari and Binium um, Binium wants Ari to go through and try out the healing power of holy water, the miracle of the holy water. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ari agrees to do this because she respects Binium, respects his culture, wants to do what he's asking to show trust in the relationship. So we see the same scene we saw last week where they're taken to the holy water and Ari seems very uncomfortable, um, being, cause Ari's taken down to the holy water. Binium like waits out. And Ari mm-hmm. goes in and there is a um naked woman. Naked lady, yep. <laughs> yeah. That is helping her go through the the holy water. So she doesn't know how to react to that. But mm-hmm. ultimately I was left feeling that they're very sweet because she's clearly trying to do this for him and he is feeling very happy that she is doing this for him. And the whole premise of this is the holy water will wipe away any negativity they had in the relationship. Honestly, in a way similar to how um uh, last season, we had Asuelu and Kalani throw those rocks out off the cliff to kind of mm-hmm. mark, these are the negativities in our relationship. Let's wipe the slate clean. So it looks good right now. Right. Um, I, I also thought of last season when they went to that festival with the more holy, that holy water festival yes. with the, the hose and all that too. I, and I think this is where I'm kind of like, I don't know, maybe I'm a pessimist or whatever, but Ari, I feel for her. I do feel for her because, of course, uh, I think Chappelle, uh, even though I'm constantly cleaning up after Chappelle, I will agree that, <laughs> that um, I think one of his, his thoughts was like, if you're if the person who's alone in that country doesn't feel backed up by the person they came there for, that has to be a horrendous feeling. And I agree with that. I feel so bad for Ari because she's in a place that she's, she's, she's doing her actions and her words just kind of don't um, align. You know what I'm saying? Like she's going through the motions as in she's there in Ethiopia. You know what I'm saying? She's there to try and make it work with, with um Benny so that she doesn't take Avi away from him but like you you can't like the sisters the sisters aren't helping <laughs> by constantly I I was on Ari's side when she's like you're pushing me away when you constantly question me and that is that is normal in uh every re- like relationship like relationship or or you know if you're father daughter whatever in relationships like that if you are trying to get somebody to not do something but you keep accusing them of doing it even if they're not doing it you're pushing them away and that's why i i really do wish i i agree with you guys like benny needs to really tell his sisters like to back off but I think the fact that he's not secure in what Ari's doing, he's letting them ask those questions because he's kind of 
too afraid to really ask those questions. But yeah. also you can't continue to treat her like that and act like you're not you're making her uncomfortable. You're not welcoming her. You're constantly giving her the third degree. She's been there for at least what it has it's been at least like at nine months at least. So maybe a year. So it just feels like she has nobody there. She she thought she was making waves with the sister and then the sister just outed her, even though that was a dumb situation to put herself in to begin with um, by telling the sister something that she didn't want Benny to, Benny to know. But I just think that she keeps saying she wants to do the right thing and she keeps saying she wants to be there or, or sorry, she, she, she's doing those actions, but it's just not, it's just not clicking. Cause why again, like Leandro said, why would you, um, ask me to come out here because you're so homesick? You feel like you have nobody, but then also say this is home for you. It just doesn't make sense. And I, and I'm, I'm rambling to say, I think Ari really doesn't know what she wants yet or, or how this is supposed to work. Um, and well, she's right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, and I, and I do think that this is going to be something that's going to have some light shed on it next week next because week, the yeah. only other scene we see is on the next time on are like Binium's at a barbershop, but then Ari's also there and Ari wants mm-hmm. to tell him something, but it's hard for her to speak on it. It's her words, not mine. Um, mm-hmm. and then we see her like welling up and saying, I'm sorry, but I really have to do this. That all to me feels like indecision and feels mm-hmm. like either she's finally going to give up some intel on what's gone on that she might not have. And maybe things are getting to a good place and she feels guilty and she's going to let it out. I'm not sure. All I do know is that they're heading for rough terrain and the two episodes where they seem like they put everything away and everything was calm is looking to get worse once again. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where like most of my stuff is coming from because again, all we saw was the holy water. And I thought that was, I thought that was cute. I do like that she does do these things, even though she looks like she's not enjoying them at all, (laughs) all the time. But she, they did try and get on a a good page just for us to, I was like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. And then they hit us with the next time on. I'm like, Oh wow. Well, okay. You know, it's just so frustrating because I, I, I really, I do like them. I really do. Um, do, do you like them as a couple? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I feel like I was not really rooting for them the first go around. Right. But now I find myself in a place where I want them to do well because mm-hmm. it's so hard to separate some of the things that are being said and done versus what I think they feel. Cause I think they right. both feel in love. I think they both feel like they want to be together. I think they both feel like they want to have a happy family, but then some of the things they think about each other, the, um, the skepticism on like the loyalties and the, mm. Oh, maybe she cheated on me in Jersey. Oh, maybe he cheated on me when he's going out with his friends all night. Like that kind of that level of insecurity and uncertainty for, to your partner is very difficult to overcome. And the fact mm-hmm. that it's not one party that has it, it's both of them that have it. So it's a weird place to be because I feel like they're both going to constantly try and test each other and be like, you need to prove it. Well, you need to prove it. Well, you need to prove it. I don't think that's going to end up in a good place. All of that to say, I personally currently am still rooting for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have to see because for the, the whole season up until like the dinner with Leandro and Binium's ex, I was like, okay, I'm team Binium on this. I feel like Ari has done some stuff. 
But then Binyam yep. did some stuff. So now they're both yep. equal. <laughs> so it's like, I'm rooting for you, but I like you both less. If that Exactly. Exactly. And and I think why I'm rooting for them is it's clearly because they have a child. The child is here mm-hmm. in the mix. And not only do they have a child, but uh, Binyam has faced this before. He had a child with an American woman who left him and took the child away. And now he's not seen that child in two years. And I think that's so unfortunate because a lot of the stuff that we see with him and little baby Avi, he looks like such a great dad. And, you know, nobody wants their kid ripped away from them. And that's why I'm just like, I understand why he's so scared of it happening again. I get why his family is so scared of it happening again, but they are not putting in the necessary steps to make sure that it doesn't happen again. What they're doing is they're berating her to, to get her to answer if it's going to happen again, as opposed to making her feel warm and comforted and welcoming and treating her as another member of the family in order for her to want to stay, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's my biggest thing. I just don't want that their family like ripped apart. And do we know why like Binyam doesn't want to just go to the, uh, go to America or Honestly? can he not? I can't, yeah, I can't rack my brain to figure it out. I I think he can't because obviously I'm assuming for him it would be a win-win in that if he goes with Ari, with Avi, then he can maybe also see his other kid that's in America that he can't mm-hmm. see right now. I feel like in that regard it would be a slam dunk. But I think he cannot. Now, obviously, any listeners, if you have... If you have better memory than I do, please let us know on mm-hmm. Twitter uh, whether or not. Because shout out to the listeners. A couple of them did uh, message back this week to be like, yeah, no, you were right. Corey and Evelyn, that guy is Raul. They're friends. And and they had a thing. So I do love when the listeners do clarify and stuff. But I'm going to go ahead and say I don't think he can. I think that's why she's making the trip over here. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, this is all a delicate subject anyways. And the way that Binium's family approaches it when she is she feels like her back's against the wall already. She's going to feel more closed up to even talk about this stuff anyway. So it's definitely a bad way to handle it. But again, we'll have to wait and see what they do and where they go. I'm keen to find out next week. So we'll talk about it then. Mm-hmm. For now, let's go over to a couple who have found each other, but the wreckage in their relationship is literal and is surrounded. Yeah. Let's go to Ellie and Victor, who mm-hmm. we get to see a lot of scenes this week. Uh, with Ellie and Victor because they start the episode in San Andreas. Obviously, Victor had come through, but we found out Victor's reasoning for coming through to San Andreas was to gather supplies and then take a boat back and give them to his family, to his sister in Providencia. So that's what they've done. They've rented out a boat to leave. It's like 4 a.m. They make the trip to Providencia and then they're going to come back. Because there's no electricity, there's no power, there's they don't have a place to stay, all of that. Mm-hmm. So, Mari, can you start maybe verbally painting what the situation <laughs> is in Providencia? It is, it's really, it's really sad to be quite honest. Like when they're on this boat ride, not only it's a it's a four hour boat ride, but then they have to they go to Providencia. They can only stay for another four hours before they have to jump back on the boat to go back four hours. So like if they miss that boat, they're stranded, you know? Um, so, so they're pulling up in this boat and they're just talking about how we're seeing pictures of Providencia out the win- window. And they're just talking about how it sh- 
they can't believe it. Like it doesn't even look like the same island. Uh, Victor is saying like he at one point he doesn't even know where they're at on the island because the the destruction is so evident. And I love that. I was like, please tell me they have pictures of what it used to look like because they flashed the pictures of what it used to look like. And the island was like really lush. It had all this green like forestry, looked very like ethereal. And then you go back to what it looks like now, and basically the hurricane just. The, the trees are bare. Um, Ellie said that Ellie even says that she's like, it looks like it, it was, everything was burnt because all of the trees just, everything's gone. So it's just sticks of trees. And then not only that, but the houses, their, their houses are like level. There are some houses that are still up, upright, but it's just mostly just devastation everywhere once they get to the dock and Ellie has to wait for a little bit while, uh, Victor go grabs a, a a car and they're just you know panning to just basically the rubble and the wreckage and they have they're showing us all like workers digging through the rubble and the wreckage and it really is very very sad to see and you can only think like these people their homes are gone like where what can they do at this point and I, I it just made me think like I really hope I really hope that they have a decent like resettling program and that the people aren't like really put out for a long period of time. Yeah, it's it was chaos. I mean, it, um, we see um, Victor's sister who mentions that, you know, at eight o'clock, she abandoned her place to go to um, to be with the rest of her family. And it got upgraded to category five between then and when the when the hurricane hits at one a.m. So they definitely were not prepared for this and they mm-hmm. got to a point and Victor mentions this a couple of times last episode and this episode where they just got to a point where they didn't care about anything but simply survival. And it's very clear seeing these scenes that survival is lucky enough. They every almost every house was leveled that we saw. The two houses we saw that weren't completely done were the um the house that her, his family's currently sit, staying at, which is. Her um, husband's brother's house is still there. That was a concrete mm-hmm. house. The, his sister had a wooden house. That house no longer exists. And mm-hmm. luckily enough for Victor and Ellie, the Victor's house is still standing. His house is still saying he boarded it up well. They've lost like a window and a bit of the roof. But then the rest of the house is there. However, mm-hmm. there's still no power. There's still no place to stay. Everything is still wet. It's brutal. And honestly, I, this is, these are moments that pull me out of the show because that's no longer TV. That's some, like, that's real life. The people in Providencia are literally dealing with this as the show is recording there too. So yeah. it definitely was soul crushing to see that go down. Yeah. And, um, uh, Victor's sister, Mary, really did look very appreciative of, um, Ellie bringing those supplies and bringing the mm-hmm. supplies and, just all of them, it, we didn't get to see what they're staying in, but it almost looked like it was like kind of like an open kind of shelter there. Like you said, it was a, the concrete structure and, and they showed them the, the devastation of, of their houses. And it's just, it was just really sad because her husband was really just in there, like going through their wreckage. You could kind of see like their table poking out. Like, what do you do after that? Like, what do you seriously do? And I'm assuming because uh, they couldn't, they didn't leave with Ellie and Victor. So his sister and, and her, her, her husband, they're stuck on the island with no communication and 
everybody in that 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 one house, that one structure. So it it really just I I, I think it was it was a good experience for Ellie to come and see like uh Victor's like family. It it, it was a bonding moment, but tr- you don't want a trauma bond like this, you know. You don't want to wish this on anybody. Um and it's just it was really sad. It really was. It, it was really sad. We're glad that he he said it seemed like all of his family made it out safe. Uh I don't think we've heard anything about if they they haven't said anything about um if there was Anyone like a, yeah. yeah, exactly. So they haven't said that on the show. So I um, mean do 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 you remember Pui? I don't want to put you on the spot. Do you remember how many people they said were on the island? Oof. Um, it was like a, only Couple thousand I, or something. I like want to say right? couple thousand. I, I I believe it's a very small not island. Big. Not that many people living mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um. I mean, they're they're coming. Like Victor and Ellie are lucky in that they get to. They have a window to leave. Like you mentioned, everyone else has to stay. Now I'm gonna assume with this concrete house that um uh her sister's husband's brother has is built strong enough that they are gonna be fine there. But then mm-hmm. obviously everyone else is still going to be going through it. And, you know, Ellie brings up, she's like, yeah, Victor's going through a lot of trauma right now. His sister's going mm-hmm. through a lot of trauma right now. Like they are literally at this point, it's all about survival. It's all about picking themselves back up. And when they go see the house, like I said, everything looked fine. Um, mm-hmm. But then they get on the boat to go back to San Andreas. So they make it to the boat, which was, a, I was honestly worried. I'm like, are you going to get stranded? It seemed like you might. They make I know. Boat. <laughs> That's the only scene we see of them this week. And then in the next time on, Hiromi, aka Ellie's mm-hmm. best friend, is quick to remind her, hey, listen, I don't want to be insensitive, but don't forget that the infidelity and stuff, that's not over yet. And have you thought about that? And Ellie says, <laughs> literally not until you just brought it up. Ellie's left that on the back burner. She mentioned this last week where because she's getting the second chance, she almost doesn't even want to think of that. But mm-hmm. Hiromi's a real one, and it's like, listen, make sure you get that stuff sorted too. I okay, I agree, but also that slightly insensitive, Hiromi. Oh, like, very I- insensitive. <laughs> not slightly. It's like Hiromi, you're really, really not checking your privilege, chilling in <laughs> Seattle while you know Ellie's literally gone and watched houses that have turned to dust. Yeah, um, exactly. It is yeah. like I I get that, but that might not be the most pressing thing right this very second. Um so I I I mean, they have to deal with it. They do have to deal with it. She was uh Ellie was kind of second guessing, is it the right time to move here now? But I'm like, girl, uh didn't you sell everything? Like didn't you yeah. liquidate everything? So, you know, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do. You know, because I get it. I get it. Like she's looking out for her friend, but also relationship aside, I feel like Ellie is still trying to, you know, help out people who just went through a hurricane. Like regardless (laughs) of the relationship status, she's not going to turn a blind eye and not help him. So Mm -hmm. let that stuff get sorted. Then we can figure out where you go next with this relationship. Okay. Like that's mm-hmm. the move. And I think that's what she's going to do anyway. So we're going to be fine. It'll be exactly. interesting to see, um, where we go with them because what well, we're episode five now and we've just, like she just got the Providencia for the first time. It'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see from now till the end of the season. Are they just going to be in the rebuild phase of 
the housing? Are they just going to be staying in San Andreas for the whole time of the show now? Right. I don't exactly. know. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like that, that the emotional part of things we will get more of now, now that they've had time to show us all the natural disaster side of things. Yeah, that's my thought process too. Like, if they end up staying in San Andreas, it, it, you know, I feel like they'd be they'll be able to focus on their relationship. But if they're if she spends most of their time trying to rebuild their house, get everything going, then it it might be on the back burner for a little while, you know. So, uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see where they go because this is basically the most we've ever gotten from from them. Um, this episode they had like at least three or four scenes this episode so mm-hmm. yeah I, I, they're I, gonna pick up more as we yes go and, and they're one of the new couples that they're not bringing dr- like real drama or anything yet but i i am interested in their story like you guys talked about ellie's background is so it was so tragic you know um that i i feel for her and you know, going into this, you know, you heard Victor the cheater, and you're like, oh, you know, yeah, we've seen this time and time again, men from the Caribbean scamming, you know, older ladies from America. But I thought this episode did a, did a, a good job of like making Victor seem like very like uh, getting us in in touch with Victor's humanity. So I really want to hear what he has to say once he is confronted with the infide- infidelity, and to see if they can actually like work through that. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, like Ellie's whole story is straight out of a, you know, scripted drama. Like it's so sad. It's so sad. So I, it's like, I want to protect Ellie at all costs. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. And like, honestly, I want everything to go well for Victor too. Once we Mm -hmm. dive into the infidelity side of things, we'll get a little bit more because I feel like we still don't know Victor. Like all we know about Victor is that he just survived a category five hurricane. And he's lucky mm-hmm. to be alive. So we'll see once we peel back the layers a couple in a few weeks and see where they land. But for now, that's where we're going to leave everyone with the two of them. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Now, let's... (laughs) <laughs> Hop on over and go to India 
and talk about everyone's favorite returning couple, Jenny yes. and Sumit. Now, Mari, mm-hmm. this couple, you know, we yeah. talk about, oh, are you rooting for this couple? Are you rooting for, they've been together nine years. Okay. Nine this gets mentioned years. at the beginning. Nine mm-hmm. years. And there just doesn't seem to be any reason why they should stay together because it doesn't seem like it'll, it'll last. It really doesn't. I completely agree. Um, Ginny and Sumit are literally, if I remember correctly, they were the couple. I don't know what I was watching one day and then 90 day fiance the other way came on and it was the episode where, where Ginny was crying when she found out that he was married like way back in the first season. And I was like, who is this older white lady? Why is she crying? Why did he scam her? Like it was some random episode. It was like a middle episode. I got sucked in. They are the anchor. They are the reason why I keep coming back to the other way. And saying all that, they should definitely not be together. <laughs> like not at all. And I, and I, I feel so bad because I, I, do truly believe that they love each other, but it's just that's the thing. It's the but. <sighs> it's like they love each yeah. other, but there is clearly one part of him that wants to be with her and will do whatever it takes. Then there's the other part of him that goes, "Listen, whatever it takes until the parents approve. Otherwise, mm-hmm. there's no marriage." And that's really the part that doesn't seem to me moving. And after this episode can never move, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, let's dive into yeah. that. Let's dive mm-hmm. into this episode. So, the first scene we see with them, they're going um shopping, and she wants to get some chanting beads, like the ones she used mm-hmm. at the uh, ISKCON uh, with the uh, Hare Krishna devotee. She felt that uh, process of chanting brought her stress levels down, and she she wants to, you know, get some peace, and she thought this would be a way to go about it. So, they get the beads. That's all done. Then um, they uh, Sumit brings up, hey, Shri is pregnant. So Shri is um, their sister-in-law, a.k.a. Um, Sumit's brother's wife. So she's pregnant uh-huh. with a baby. And he's going to go celebrate with his family, but they've not invited Jenny to go to this thing. Yeah, yeah. And I... Uh, it just... It just will never happen. And it just sucks because the whole reason that that they're not married is because he's so close to his family. So he's always going to put his family above Jenny. Like there's just no, you know, if, ands, or buts about it. And not being involved in the family's celebrations like i'm pretty sure that really really hurts jenny because could could you imagine you're just sitting home alone knowing that your your significant other is out at a big family celebration and you can't be there it just makes you feel dirty unwanted unloved and i don't wish that on jenny i really don't and i think it's just so unfortunate because from what we heard you know when when Jenny first met his his mom and his family. They really liked her until they found out she was sleeping with their son. And uh, it's it's just very, very unfortunate um, that I I don't think this will ever work out. They'll either forever be in this purgatory realm or they'll have to just split up. I, I don't see any other option at this point. 
Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that, um, with the, with them, it was very clear that they are cool with Jenny. Even later in the family meetup, there's a confessional where her brother says, we're oh, fine yeah. with Jenny joining us to celebrate as a friend, mm-hmm. not as a part of the family, family member. Mm-hmm. That's where it is. And you mentioned a point earlier about Ari and Binium that I think applies here. That makes me sympathize with Jenny that much more. She is in a completely new country away from everything she knows. She has no one but her one partner, Sumi, who mm-hmm. clearly wants to give her everything, but then isn't. So she's in this complete purgatory. And I think all of us, you know, we all live lives. And it's mm-hmm. like, no one wants to be in that purgatory feeling for anything. You apply for a job, exactly. you want to hear back immediately. You don't want to be waiting for the what ifs. <laughs> you, you know, you're, you get a plane ticket to go on a trip. The wait part is the worst part. You're in a doctor's office. The wait part is the worst part. Like, being in mm-hmm. purgatory is awful. And then being in a purgatory that's constant and there's no quick signs of it dying down, that's not going to be a good place to be at all. And honestly, I feel bad for Jenny because she clearly just wants to be part of the celebration, want to be part of the family. Exactly. And she's willing to do anything, right? Similar to mm-hmm. how Ari does the stuff that Binium wants and like has you know tried to embrace the culture, embrace the surroundings. She is clearly doing the same thing. She flipping wants chanting beads, not even for the visa anymore. She wants mm-hmm. them because it calms her down. To me, that's the biggest sign of uh, Jenny adapting to her surroundings and adapting to the culture and like learning more and trying to do more and do like more towards what he's, he, you know, recognizes. It's just, again, <laughs> soul crushing that it's not going to go anywhere. So exactly. Now- and I, I just want to point yeah. out, like, I think of all of the other way couples that I've ever seen on this show, Jenny literally is the one person I think would be content sitting in that, like, staying in that country. Like, out of all of the couples we've ever seen. And that's why I say with Ari, like, it seems like she talks a big game and does the things, but she's always also kind of complaining to us in the confessionals that she just doesn't get it or she doesn't get, you know... I, I, that's why I'm saying if Ari said I'm leaving tomorrow, I'd be like, yeah, I, 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 I could feel that. But Jenny really does want to be a part of their family, want to be in that culture, wants to stay in India, appreciates it. You guys were talking about it. And uh, like you said, it's just sad because there's really nothing she can do to change it unless she <laughs> becomes magically 30 years younger and Indian, which she can't, you know? So it's, that's, that's the real sad part about it. If you told Jenny today, hey, there's this elixir. If you drink it, you will drop down 20 years in age, but there might be like X, Y, Z side effects. She will do it then and there. That's Mm -hmm. the only thing she can't change about herself is her age. And that is the one hiccup, the one thing that this family keeps holding on to. Harping on. Yeah. Which like, again, it's, it just, it, it sucks. We put down for, stuff about you that you can't change and that's just who you are and to not be accepted for that is again horrible and this mm-hmm. goes like more than just like age we're talking all these other stuff in the world that you know people you can't change that about yourself and people have a problem with it's it's awful um now as we said sumit's gonna go over t- for the ceremony he's going to the gurud gurudwara is what i've written down here mm-hmm. um so we see, you know, Jenny, uh, Sumit's mom, Sumit's dad, they're very happy for their daughter-in-law. Um, they talk, they 
threw a shady comment in the confession about how, well, Samit should be the first one to have a baby because he's the oldest, but you know, whatever. We know why. Right. Um, and then he has not told them that he's engaged yet either. So right. he has, his mission for this trip is two things. One, I'm going to tell them that we're engaged. Two, I'm going to tell them that I want Jenny to be a part of the family and do stuff. So then he shows up, right? And his brother's like, oh, you've reduced some weight. He's like, yeah, because I'm happy now. And the parents yep. do not care for this comment <laughs> whatsoever. Whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And honestly, so here's the, let's talk about the family a little bit more now. So the parents, again, they bring up their reasonings for why they can't accept this pairing. They mention that it's stressful for them that society doesn't approve of their son's behavior. And, you know, obviously, Sumit's like, why do you care what they have to say? And they mention that they get a lot of help from their neighbors, from people they know. And if they proceed with this, then they can't get that help anymore. And, like, obviously, they don't have Sumit's help. Now, this, for me, um, coming from a Middle Eastern background, I definitely have gotten this before. I've seen friends that have had to deal with this as well. Where it's like, oh, I can't hang out with these people because what would people think if they saw us together? There's a lot of that going on uh, where mm. I've come from. So then this stuff with the what would the family think? What would the people? Yeah, it's like, it's like the same people that you don't really see, but like maybe once every two months, you care so much about what they have to say. <laughs> and right. it's baffling. Um, but I, because I've been around that mentality, I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I understand mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And that was going to honestly be one of my main questions. I didn't know, know if you were going to answer it, but I was going to ask like the, the listeners, like, like, is this like a really big thing in, in Indian society? I, I, we've heard this every single season. Um, but I think this was the first time where they really kind of laid it out there. Like, if, if they were to, I think they kind of just said, like, I guess if they were to get married, then they would be shunned. Not only would he be shunned by society, but they would too. And I mean, it, and when they say it like that, it's like, okay, that's their, that's their culture. I'm not about to come up here and, 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 you know, uh, boohoo on their culture. If that's their culture and that's the, the truth, the God's honest truth, then, you know, then that's why they're raising these objections. And this is what we've been known. We've, we've, you've been saying it for weeks. We've known this for weeks. They're not changing his parents' minds. So at this point, no. it was always has to be. Sumit was just going to make that jump, make that leap. But I guess my only question was, even if he cut the family off and then, um, went and got married to Jenny, would that still affect his family? You know what I'm saying? Like, is there a difference between him getting married with, with Jenny and her being around would be the shutting? Or if he gets married to Jenny and they go off and live their own lives, would they still be shut? You know, so is it a lose lose no matter what? Basically, yes. For Sumit, it's been uh. very clear. Either he has the acceptance of his family and his brother and his sister in law, right. and he can be a part of the family. He can be a part of everything. He can have their support and their acceptance. Or he can marry Jenny and be happy with his partner. Sad to say, but that is the ultimatum he's left with. And the, mm -hmm. he keeps trying to look for a new way to maybe make it work, right? And right. that's clearly not going to happen. And look no further than this very same scene we're discussing where the minute he tells them he's engaged, his mom walks away. His brother yep. is shocked that this has happened. Um, his brother mentions that 
there's a lot of divide in our family with this. And with a new baby coming, I don't want our baby to grow up in a negative environment. Uh And then the dad gets up to go look for the mom. And then the, his brother and sister-in-law also get up. They leave Sumit sitting there. That's basically it. That's the, like the tall and short of it. He has a choice to make and it's not easy. And I don't wish this on anybody. And I feel bad he has to make it, but he has to just make it at this point because he's either stringing along Jenny for nothing or he's straining the relationship with his family for nothing. Might as well pick a lane Mm. and go with that full on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and like we've been saying, and I've been agreeing with you and, and we've been giving Jason Reed his props. I really didn't think he he wanted to marry Jenny either. Like to be quite honest. Uh, but the funny thing is, once he's in front of his parents, that's when his resolve magically <laughs> springs up. You know what I'm saying? It's the weirdest thing. Whenever he's in front of his parents, his resolve to marry Jenny suddenly is like the top priority and I'm going to do this and I'm telling you, but the moment they're alone, he's like, ah, I don't know. Well, ah, maybe like, this is the, the funniest thing to me. And I just don't under- understand why. Um, but yeah, it, he has a choice. He, he simply has a choice. And at this point, he, he, you got to shit or get off the pot. Excuse the expression because Jenny needs to either go back to her life in, in um America and California I think with her I think that's where her her um her daughter and her her daughter's uh wife is or you know you guys need to go and start your own family you know and um it's just it's just really is it really is un- unfortunate that they just won't let him be happy with her you know together um but it they'd rather um be okay in society than have their son um be happy because honestly i like half of me leans toward please just go back to america jenny but then it also then makes me think okay if they separate and and jenny finally goes back to america and they decide never to be with each other again samit still has to go home to his parents and he said it before he just was not happy so he's just gonna go back home to his parents and sit there in their house and be unhappy they're both going to be miserable. Basically. Yeah, that's exactly. The that's the lane if they separate. And the thing is, um, is that it's clear that to him, he will take the being unhappy if it means his parents approve because he's so shackled by mm. the parents approval of who he is with and how he leads his life. So it's just, again, it's a catch 22 and we will continue moving forward to speak in a roundabout where we start in a place and we end up at the same place because until he makes a decision, that's really all we have with them. And there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. Yeah. So let me see. What did they get on the next time on real quick? Uh, Next Uh, time on, they mentioned that um, Jenny gets mad and gets snappy at him and says, oh, so since mom's not happy, no one's allowed to be happy then. Got it. And then Samit mumbles, she's the boss. She's the boss. Yep. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's it. That's all it is. The next time on was that same conversation that they've been having for three um, plus seasons. My, uh, my only other question to you that I, I wanted to ask. So mm-hmm. do you think, because we've seen this in a lot of these relationships where the man is younger, um, the crux se- seems to be that they can't have k- the kids, right? Like that's what's the problem with Michael. 
you know, that's the problem here. Um, one of the problems here. Do you think if he were to have had a child with that wife that he was married to, um, do you think that the parents would, would have been like at least a little bit more, um, okay um, with moving on with him moving on to Jenny? Only if, only if the grandkid thing was the biggest deal. But it's very clear mm. that Skate, oh yeah, um, Jenny being gonna old. have a baby. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. since Shree's having a baby, that's like they're kind of like we're getting our grandkid fixed. We'll be okay with that. It's really the age gap is the biggest yeah. issue they have because again, yep, the age gap true. lends to what would people think, and that's the biggest thing. They'd rather ha- ha- not have the what would people think than have a grandkid. So. They're willing so to let go of that matter. loss, not this loss. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That that makes sense. It does. I mean, I wish them both patience because they're going to need it because I don't think they're going to get to a decision by the end of the season either. But we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. Um, now, let's go to the total opposite of the situation, right? So this in this couple, they need to get married. They should have gotten married. They haven't gotten married. They're delaying it, delaying it, delaying it. Let's go to a couple that had no time, no choice, got married, and clearly did not want to be married. Let's oh go to my Corey gosh. Okay, let's go to Corey and Evelyn. The story has picked up now in these last uh-huh. couple episodes since the uh, whole bombshell of they got married a year ago during the pandemic. We learned quite a bit this week, and I'm very, very excited to dive on in here. So yes. we start the episode with Evelyn saying, I'm going to tell the family we're married. And she goes over to her family's place to tell her parents. And the sisters are like, well, they're going to be mad. (laughs) And sure enough, she breaks the news. Her mom looks completely horrified that this is happening. She was Mm -hmm. not happy, Mari. No, not at all. And the sister is so shady. Like, I am not going to say anything to support you. So, yeah, let's go tell them. (laughs) Evelyn was like, I need your guys' moral support when I tell the family. They're like, but we don't support it. I was like, dang, y'all are. And can I just point out, um, um, for Corey and Evelyn, when I when I started watching this again, I totally forgot that they were on a previous season of Before the Ninety Days. Like, oh, yeah. I, I literally forgot who these people were. I was like, who? And it took me a minute to realize. I was like, oh yeah, the guy who's going to go stay with her. And I remember there's something with goats. And then he went to a market and killed a chicken. Like I, I, I remember them like their last season. Really, they didn't do much. Um, but this has been a doozy. The mom was pissed. Um, she was like, you know with celebrations, you're supposed to be with your family. Why did she have to tell them about they paid, like, strangers 20 bucks to be the witness? Yeah. Like, Evelyn, what? Part <laughs> what, are, what is happening here? Um, but yeah, and then even the mom was like, why did you, why did they have to do that? Like, honestly, the, the funny thing about this here is as unsupportive as the sisters have been, it seems like her parents were were not not supportive. <laughs> How stupid! But you know what I'm saying. Like her her parents seem like they they didn't they wouldn't mind. They were planning for this wedding. Maybe I'm forgetting something. But I mean, right? So, yeah. So the thing is with the with the sisters, they don't like Corey. They don't right. mess with him. But the parents don't seem to mind Corey at this point. 
What right. they're more concerned with is the sanctity of marriage. Multiple yes. times, um, her mom brings up, I don't believe in divorce, so mm-hmm. you better not be getting divorced. And she didn't agree. The one thing she didn't agree with is that it felt like the wedding happened for obligation purposes, for paper mm-hmm. purposes, and not for love. And the mom asked if she felt forced to do it. And low-key, Evelyn didn't deliver this well. Evelyn kind of put it all on court and said, well, he had to stay. So uh, yep. we have no choice but to kind of make this happen, blah, blah, blah. So um, that doesn't put Corey in a good light either. And yeah, Corey I said she threw him under the bus. Yep. Yeah, Corey <laughs> wanted her to share. She didn't share. He wanted to have the real wedding. She's the one who wanted to have it in secret. Just so she could have the out. Yeah. And I, and this is the part where I did not feel, uh, sorry for Evelyn. Um, when, like, when the mom asked, uh, did you feel forced? Did, are you happy? And then the mom also says to the camera, like, she can't get a divorce. Like, they know now. And she's like, she will not let them get a divorce. And then for Evelyn to go into the, um, the confessional with Corey right there saying she feels trapped. Evelyn, if you feel trapped, you trapped yourself. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have any uh, sympathy for you because like you guys didn't have to get married for the papers. You know, I, I, I feel like they could have maybe done something like Jenny's doing. Like he let, he could have left and came back, Yeah, you know, what we found out in this episode a little bit more in detail is that he, their marriage thing didn't happen during the pandemic. It happened before the pandemic. Before, so travel yeah. restrictions weren't there. He could have just flown back to the States a little bit, like hung back a little bit, and then they could have decided, okay, we're doing this. All right, I'm hopping back now. I'm coming through. They really didn't have to if they didn't want to. And the way she keeps bringing it up like she had to is like, um, Corey forced her mm-hmm. and like said, you have to marry me. Otherwise, like we're done, blah, blah, blah. And right. Corey is a bit of a rat, obviously. That's <laughs> why in a sec, mm-hmm. but he doesn't give me that kind of vibes of like the, right. the emotional manipulation vibes. Exactly. Evelyn gives me emotional manipulation vibes. Very much so. Very much so. And exactly. And she kept saying like, you know, I never wanted to get married. I didn't. And and I feel like, of course, the reason why she never really wanted to get married is because they put so much um, pressure, like her parents put so much pressure on marriage and how if you get married, you can never get out of it. That's probably that probably scared her away for so long. But I mean, yeah, if, if my parents hit me with the eight mile of you only get one shot and I would yeah. be terrified anytime I'm trying to commit. I'm like, OK, um all right, I got to make sure it's the right move or whatever. And she clearly doesn't like, she didn't believe in marriage. She's not someone who's been keen on the idea of getting married and going through the paperwork and stuff. So you combine those two together. She was not down with this from the jump. So yeah. And now she's bound to Corey, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But very clearly when she was asked, are you happy? She said, I don't know, which is like the worst three words you could have said there is I don't know, know. but we move. It's fine. Now, the next scene we get is Corey's talking with his best friend, Raul. Raul, Mm -hmm. again, like I mentioned earlier, the audience is also confirmed. Raul is also a friend of Evelyn's. They've also, him and Evelyn have also had entanglements in the past. So they are in a weird triangular friendship type vibe. Okay. Like there's some context for, yeah, for what's about to drop. So he tells Raul they're married. 
He was like, what? Okay. So you're married. Cool. And then he says, well, also I haven't really been honest with Evelyn about the stuff that went down with Jenny. So the last time folks, the last time we discussed this, we learned that. Okay. So he's told Jenny that uh, he told um, Evelyn it was like a one night stand and he couldn't really get it up. And he had all these like problems. So it didn't really, it didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Not only was that a lie. He yeah. Was so serious with her that she introduced him to her family. They were mm-hmm. going to get a place together and he came back to get his stuff and leave. Then the pandemic hit. Then they got quarantined together, him and Evelyn, and they rekindled. And what did this grown ass man do to fix the relationship problems? He ghosted Jenny. He ghosted so- her. <laughs> oh. My God, I think this is even more crazier than a secret baby, to be quite honest. Um, like, sir, what? <laughs> How do you go from, oh, it was, we've just, we hung out for like four days, but we, we never did anything because, you know, I couldn't get it up to like, no, we were in a le- legit relationship. I had met her parents. We were going to get a place together. I was going to live and stay in Peru. And then, yeah, like, talk about a circumstance of, of like, a marriage of convenience. Like, you go to get your stuff from Ecuador, from, from, I almost called her Jenny Lord, um, from Evelyn's place. Y'all get stuck in the pandemic and you literally, when they were saying like, oh, the pandemic brought them closer, I thought, you know, they were already working on it and the pandemic brought them closer. Like, nah, the pandemic forced us to be in a space together. So it forced us to kind of rekindle things. And then for him to just be like, "Mm, okay, well, I just won't talk to the other girl. Like, poor Jenny. Like, did TLC go and find Jenny? I know they're going to go and find Jenny at some point. Maybe she'll be on one of the reunion shows. But, like, I'm I'm trying to figure out what Jenny is sitting here thinking. Like, that man legit, he he had a double life. He, he led a double life. And I'm sorry, Corey, I think you picked the wrong life, <laughs> to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah, I am willing to bet everything where we will see Jenny at the reunion. Similarly to how we saw um Minty at the reunion. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that's going to show up. She's going to show up and we're going to get that. So then the other, the only other thing that happens in this conversation is Raul says, you have to man up and tell Jenny that you're done. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't just leave her ghost. You got to tell you're done. And then you got to tell Evelyn everything. Otherwise I will. And I was like, Raul, you snitch. But also respect because she just yeah. so it was like you're both a snitch to him, but you're also doing right by your other friend. Again, this is where the triangular relationship gets very complicated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um I just I, I don't blame Raul because it's true. Like wh- why wasn't he just honest from the get-go? Like this just be honest from the get-go, people. Like this all could could have been avoided if he was honest from the jump. They could have um, hashed this out during quarantine, just like they were hashing out their relationship. But to prolong this lie, now the sisters know 
And the sisters, they didn't even believe when he said he didn't have a sexual relationship with her. Now he has to go back and be like, huh, sorry, you guys were right. I am a full-blown cheater. And also, again, mixed signals here because they were already married and then Evelyn kicks him out. You know, like, you got, neither of them are helping their situation. That's why I don't like them as a couple and I'm not rooting for them um, because I just don't think, I, I I don't think Evelyn knows what she she wants. And I think Corey is just horrendous. (laughs) I'm willing to bet that they're not together at this stage. Mm -hmm. I don't see it. Given the way Evelyn talks to Corey and to her, it was just a one night stand story that she knows and that she's hesitant to get married and she fed him bull penis. There is no world where she finds out, oh, yeah, me and Jenny were an item. And I think she still thinks we're an item. She's breaking up with him. There's no world where there's enough leverage with my mom doesn't believe in divorce that she's going to stick it out with him. I just don't see them lasting. I'm also not rooting for them. So Mm-mm. I'd be okay with that. I agree. And <laughs> I forgot. So um, the uh, bull penis. Uh, episode. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna, if I should go on a podcast and say this, but I've actually tried it. I've tried a uh, bull penis. Yes. Um, me and, uh, me and James, we li- used to live in New York and one of his best friends lived there too. And his, his best friend is like, um, half Japanese. So he took us to a Japanese izakaya, which like it, basically izakaya is, is like, it's like a bar. It's a Japanese bar and it's kind of like a, like small tasting plates almost or, and it's, and it's normally like grilled foods and stuff like that. It's just always like, small portions where you can taste a whole bunch of different stuff and the stuff on this is a kind they had like an extreme menu and like the extreme menu had like like legit delicacies and um they had one thing that we we tried were like uh uh takoyaki uh russian roulette where um we got six takoyaki balls which is normally like fried octopus balls but one of them was filled with wasabi instead of takoyaki oh so, my god yeah <laughs> and so we played that james got the, he, he got the wasabi and he was so pissed because out of all three of us he was the one who did not want to try anything <laughs> he has a more americanized taste but then we ordered me and his friend uh chris we ordered the 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 penis and we tried it and it was like it it tastes like meat jello it is legit oh meat jello that's the consistency like it's just so gelatinous and mm-hmm. fatty and thick i am not a texture person so i don't i don't i don't care like i'll pretty much eat anything and that's why i like trying things and as long mm-hmm. as it tastes good i'll be like okay great like if i was cory cory looked like he was enjoying that soup before he found out what was in it i would have been like oh it's what okay great and kept him moving <laughs> like kept putting another spoon yeah. in. but it wasn't too bad it wasn't like that it wasn't like the worst thing in the world that i've ever tasted but it's definitely something where i was like oh i've tried it and i'll i'll never eat it again <laughs> but it was- mm-hmm. That's cool. But yeah, and, so and that's gelatin. the thing is that um I'm also not a texture person, so I can get through. I can try anything, and I'm cool with trying everything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it for me it was the blind side of like they fully yes. like set him up to laugh in his dumb face exactly <laughs> exactly that literally is the worst part about it like they were they might as well have been pointing at him and heckling i think that was the worst thing like the closest like i don't do you eat pho Huya? uh yes yes i do so uh pho and pho like the tendon or the 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 cartilage in pho mm-hmm. it has that same kind of consistency Ah, I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. So if you don't mind that, then you won't mind the, the bull fine, penis. Yeah. So yeah, that, exactly. It's like, why you spring that on him and just being so rude about it. And again, he didn't seem like he disliked it, but I, you just don't want to be the butt of a joke. You know, that's not cool. Exactly. I'm not trying to be set up. And that's the thing is like, he, he's being treated like this by that, by that family without yes. them knowing the full story. When they know the full oh, story, God. it's done. I just don't see them. They're not going to ease up on him by any means. He's no. not going to be able to fix anything. Evelyn's going to be done with him. I think this is the beginning of the end for Corey <laughs> and Evelyn. I will be yeah. shocked if they're still together come the end of the season. Yeah. Yep. And I and I really hope so. And uh, because I don't I don't think they should be together. To be quite honest, because I I think he I think he is in love with her i think she doesn't really from from all the stuff that we see i i just feel like i constantly see her putting him down and i don't necessarily see the moments of love enough between from her side you know um but i feel like she had to have loved them because they've been together for like years now you know i mean she had to have loved them enough to get married which is clearly was something she wasn't yeah. into at all Mm -hmm. so for her to do that i there had to have been love there right Um, but but she plays it so cool like she just doesn't care like it's the weirdest thing yeah so i don't know we'll see we'll see where they end up now we'll see where they end up with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's talk about another couple here who they know full well where they're going to end up, but they get there in a weird way because one of them decides, um, I can, I can trust you to live alone in a country you don't know, but let's hitchhike because that <laughs> seems like a smart thing to do. Let's go over to Steven and Alina and talk about the mess that this boy is. So what I just mentioned to give the audience that context is the episode starts with them. They've been in Turkey for two days now. Alina's very happy that Steven agreed to stay at the same place as her, which is good. Um, Steven has a confessional where he's, he talks about, again, I'm so worried we're going to mess up and have sex and like ruin everything. Blah, blah, mm. blah. They're meeting up with an immigration lawyer. Okay. 
so that they can discuss what their options are and how they should go about this process while they're in Turkey. Because if you remember, they have to get married in Turkey so that Stephen can then move to Russia to be with Alina permanently. Now, they have to go to this immigration lawyer somehow. And Stephen's wise idea is let's just hitchhike there. I've hitchhiked in a couple countries before. It's easy pickings. I'm just going to let's hitchhike. Let's just do that. We don't know the language that well. Let's just go ahead and do that, Mark. Yeah, I <laughs> I was really like, sir, huh? <laughs> it was just kind of funny because technically if you use Uber or Lyft, you're technically hitchhiking. But at least it's advanced hitchhiking where it's I documented like, hitchhiking. Yeah, There's yeah. receipts. I need a receipt. Exactly. I need an invoice, please. <laughs> exactly. You can hopefully find my location if something goes wrong. But just sticking your finger out. And not only that, but he basically jumped in front of this car. Like, <laughs> let's be, let's paint this picture here. He was at first just pointing the thumb, but he kind of just jumped in front of this car, uh, spoke very bad. I don't, I don't, I must, I don't know if it was Russian or Turkish, whatever it Turkish, was. He, yeah. Okay. It was very bad. Um, and he, he kind of managed to get the agreement for them to, to ride in. And, and the driver was like, both of you. And I was just like, um, but I don't, I didn't like it. I just did not like it. And poor Alina was just sitting there like, oh my God. Like Alina, this whole trip has just been like, oh my God, Steven, you're so weird and awkward. And I guess we'll hitchhike. And she, and she was making some good points. Like, how do we know he's taking us to where we asked to go? And she was like, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, like I referenced, he said, if I get a bad feeling, we'll just jump out. Steven, I'm not jumping out of a car at high speed. <laughs> Wearing the yeah. dress. Like, my that's what I wanted Alina to say. Was, he was like, let's gamble. <laughs> Worst case, we're being abducted. Just roll out the vehicle. Easy. Like, easy. It's a moving vehicle. Like, what am I, Vin <laughs> Diesel? I'm just going to be able to launch myself right. out? Like, that's never going to work. That's not a good idea. So, again, this is more indications that Steven is probably a little more immature than most and, you know, yes. doesn't really think before he does stuff. And he just kind of like goes with the wind, which being a free spirit is great. I mm -hmm. wish I was more free spirited because I'd stress less. But also there's common sense that needs to be implemented in some of these more <laughs> serious things, which he clearly doesn't do. But they make it there in one piece. That's all we can ask for. I didn't see money change hands. So. I don't know no. if they got a free ride, if this Turkish man is still trying to figure out why he gave a free ride to two people out of nowhere. It's fine. Right. Yeah. They arrive mm -hmm. at this, um, per, at the lawyer's office. Okay. Uh, the lawyer's name is Tune. So Tune explains to them what they're going to need for getting married here. First, they need document. I'm going to go through the list, um, here. First, they Please. need documentation from their um, diplomatic like embassies proving that they're single. So they need some documents from their countries proving that they're single. Then they need to take these files and go over to, I think it was the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and sign up there. Then they need to make an appointment to go get married. Then they get married. Then they've got to go to like the Russian embassy and put some work in there too. So obviously, this is like a four, five, six step process. And I'm sure I missed a couple in the middle because I didn't take proper notes on this part of the, <laughs> the episode. However, um, then Steven gives us a confessional where he's like, oh, I thought this was just going to be kind of like eloping in Vegas where we just go to a courthouse and get married. <sighs> Sir, you didn't research this? 
I'm telling you, I was like, uh, so uh, a Google search didn't happen at That's all. That's all you need to do. Just slap like, it on Google. Hell, if you say it out loud, I'm sure you have a device at home that will listen to you and just spit yeah. out the answer verbally. Like it's, oh my God. It didn't make any sense at all. It, it, it really didn't. Like I, when they said, oh, we're going to go to Turkey, we're going to stay there for 90 days, then we're going to cross over to Russia, it sounded like he had done at least the bare minimum of research. However, this episode made me think, oh, no, you did absolutely no research, dog. Like You didn't Google at all, because that is very much, very multiple steps. That's multiple steps. And one of the steps is they have to be given a marriage appointment, which they, you know, the guy said, he's like, well, could we get a marriage appointment in 90 days? And he was like, well, you gotta start now because you know you never know and i'm just like you really didn't think this through like at all i i'm so confused and it and it goes to your point from last week puya when you're saying like um the 90 day the the 90 day fiance and, and 90 day this makes it feel like it's a tryout for the relationship when really if you're entering that process you've already decided to marry the person yes and, yeah and this is where the disconnect kind of comes between Steven and Alina yeah i mean that's the very clear thing when you go especially with them you're both going to a third country that neither of you live in or lived at or are a part of have any connection to to get married to then move to russia therefore the minute you arrive there that's the plan so mm-hmm. not like if anything that should be your priority over anything else i mean i understand that you know you want to try out the living together process which he clearly also didn't want so what were you trying out there just having a long vacation like that's not where you're at in this relationship guy and so um, the lawyer mentions, basically, I would recommend you get this done immediately because it takes a long time. And depending on uh, it all, it will lean on the marriage department and how long till you get an appointment to get married. So Stephen was like, well, let's hope that um, they don't have many marriages. <laughs> well, that's not how that works, man. Um, so then in the cab back. Or in the hitchhike back. I'm assuming they hitchhike both ways. No, no, no. They actually get a cab. They actually got a cab that time. Okay, like, good. <laughs> she was like, "I'm not rolling out in this dress. Like, this is not happening. This outfit mm-hmm. is not getting messy." So, on the ride back, Stephen asked Alina, "Well, when are you? When do you think you'd be ready to do this?" She was like, "I, I'm ready now." And then Stephen talks about how he thought maybe they expedited to the fiftieth day. What was it before the expedited day, sir? Was it the uh, 80th day? Like, this is a long ass process. I mean, and that's one of the things when I moved here, we got married two weeks, approximately two weeks after I got here. We sent our application and stuff around like two months into me being here. So we still had about maybe three weeks left and that was still cutting it close, you know, because they can still mm. we, they sent us some files back that we had to refile because we used an outdated form. So then luckily we had that bubble to redo it and send it again with like two weeks remaining. So this is clearly a process that is tedious and you have to do it with urgency. And she's clearly understood the assignment because she <laughs> said, I'm going to Turkey to get married to Stephen. Steven said, I'm going to Turkey to see if I'm okay with marrying Alina and if we're compatible and if we can learn more about each other beforehand. So they're not on the same page. Yeah, I, 
<laughs> Are we surprised? Are we really surprised? No. Like we saw Stephen when this when this uh, season premiered, and nothing about him screamed responsible adult that has his stuff together. Like he's still so young. Is he? How old is he? Is he twenty? Was he twenty four? I think she's twenty. I know Alina's twenty. She's twenty. I think he's twenty three. Twenty. He's like mid twenties, but like mid-20s. on the younger side, not over. Yeah. 20. Like and it. And again, it uh, it also calls into question, like, are they too young to be getting married? You know, but I just I still thought he would have done at the bare minimum a simple Google search. But alas, I mean, we were wrong. That's the thing, too. When me podcasting about this show, I've gone through how many couples just on the podcast alone, not even counting the 90 days I've watched prior to this. And I still always sound shocked when I'm bothered by people not doing their research and it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah i see the steven and i understand that hey maybe this steven doesn't come equipped with google ability a lot of these couples don't but it's baffling because it's at your fingertips like we live in a day and age now where everything is at your fingertips to read uh-huh. up on to learn about so exactly. it's, it's just puzzling because wouldn't you want the ease of mind wouldn't you want the understanding so you know exactly what you're doing when you land and i mean his family his mom was very much worried about him going and it's very clear why because of stuff like this and Uh he clearly has some other priorities in his head over what the main priority should be which is to get all of this done and then so it's very clear in the cab ride back that there is rising tension because Alina's realizing that Steven is pretty much saying I'm not ready yet and it's bothering her and then he goes in for a hug and she rejects him and he's like well, what am I supposed to think? You don't even want to be cuddly right now. Like, yeah. how are we ready if you're not being cuddly? I'm like, sir, just be like, she doesn't want to hug you right now. Like, That is a fair game thing to do, given all this happening. And she says in a confessional that she thinks marriage would prove that he is serious about the relationship. And we clearly know that Alina isn't sure about that at all. So much mm-hmm. so that her friend Masha has been sent undercover to flirt with him to see if he responds to that. So yeah. all of that, He's not ready to get married. He wanted to live in a separate space from her. None of that is giving me good signs. And then on the other side, we know the whole picture. We know that Steven, you know, has had sex before and now Mm -hmm. hasn't confessed that to Alina yet. So he's still trying to do that in the midst of all this. So there's so much drama, so much fire. And Steven attempts to, you know, cheer up Alina. He's a good partner. He's trying to make her feel good. So he goes, sweetie, what what are you going to do? You want me to go get a watermelon for you? Yeah, um, and the, and that was just so out of left field. <laughs> like, I, I want a watermelon. Let's go get a watermelon, sir. We need to talk about this. Um, but I mean, also, I love watermelons. One of my favorites. Watermelon juice is exquisite. Yeah, but that's not gonna f- amend this hurt that I'm feeling right now, man. It's just not. Yeah. The hurt or just also the shock that they just that had been a shock that they just realized that that's a that's literally a lot. It really makes me wonder is it would have been easier to just apply like directly in Russia or directly in the U.S. as opposed to going through Turkey. Yeah, it's 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 so much. It's so much. And again, Alina is the 20 year old in the relationship, the young in. And she's clearly light speeds ahead in maturity and readiness mm-hmm. to be in a long, committed relationship. And he is not. So mm-hmm. 
I'm skeptical about these two. I'm not going to lie. I'm skeptical about these two, but we'll see where they go next. On the next time on with them, let me just quickly scroll down here. Uh, before they, you get into the next time on, Puya, real okay. quick. So, have, I don't even know if this is appropriate, but did it is. you see... Did you see what went viral on Twitter the other day? Um, soaking. Did, did you hear about that? No, but you're going to fill us in now. Oh my God. So on Twitter, um, apparently people uh, stumbled onto Mormon TikTok and on Mormon TikTok, they were talking about how to get around the whole premarital sex thing that Uh some Mormon, like younger Mormons, uh, participate in what is soaking what is called soaking uh, where yeah <laughs> and I don't know if this what is are they soaking <laughs> exactly what you think whatever you're thinking right now that's what they're that's what they're soaking doing. it in what in into the, another person so soaking <laughs> please continue I'm so lost so the soaking is the act of like inserting uh <laughs> the p into the v but if you're not moving it it's still not uh, what <laughs> so they call but, it soaking but like it's like a loophole and it doesn't count that is what that's what uh went viral on Twitter about Mormon TikTok. And then to accompany soaking, there was also jump humping, which um during a soak session, uh the the couple that's soaking asks somebody, maybe a close friend, to then jump on the bed next to them, on the bed that on the bed next to them. So that the jumping creates the friction for the soaking, but it's technically still not. Oh, Uh, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that, you know what? I don't know how deep I want to go into this. I know. Um, Definitely not as deep as the soaking is happening, but here's the thing. I had heard of Levi Lovin and I know that's like, you know, the act of, um, dry soaking, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. that I had heard of. This is a new one to me because I feel like you've done it. You know, you've not done <laughs> right. it well, but you've done it. It's like it's happened. <laughs> exactly. It's not a good job. It's not a five star experience. It's a one star, but it's still an experience. It's been done. Yeah. And that's, and that's what took the, I, let me, let us just preface this that we are, we do not know anything about Mormon culture. We are not, um, talking about the Mormon religion in a negative way. We are just, um, I'm just, uh, talking about something that literally went viral. It went viral like on Saturday. So like look up soaking on Twitter. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Mormon TikTok went viral over the weekend. And I was just like, I wonder if this is what Steven did. <laughs> oh my God. I can't, I, I can't wait to find out, um, how he goes about explaining if that's what it is. We'll see. Oh my God. You are not kidding. I, yep. I told you. I, I, my ISP, my service provider now knows this. Um, I have looked up soaking and yep, it's a thing. It's a, it's a full on thing. Yep, yep, yep. 
Okay. We learned a new thing today, right? And that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep, well, there you go. Um, you can go. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for prefacing this before I gave the next time on for them, which um, in the next time on, Alina asks Steven, did you kiss any of the girls that you went on dates with? He says, yes, he did. And then she says, in, in Russian, I guess I was the backup plan. It's going to get messy, folks. Get oh, ready. Yeah. Strap on in. Because they're, see, here's the thing with the two of them. They're not, like, Jenny is someone who's given nine years of her life to Samit in a dead-end relationship. So I feel bad mm-hmm. for her. Um, Ari and Binium have a baby. So I feel bad for them. Steven and Lena are young and have their full lives ahead of them. It's their messy is a little bit more. I don't feel as bad. I feel bad right. for Alina, but also mm-hmm. they have plenty of time to bounce back. So yeah, get ready. They're gonna. They be, could call I, it quits right here and be fine. Yes, my prediction is they're gonna be the the premier. Um, what's the word? Is there like a word for the VIP section of like a train ride? I don't know. They're going to be the, the <laughs> VIP. They're going to be the main feature of the Hot Mess Express next week. Is what I'm trying to say. Yes. I'm yes. They're, they are definitely in the closest car to the dining car. Like they have the prime real estate on the train. They are not in the caboose. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not in the caboose. That's for sure. Um, all right. Let's see. Anything else with them? No, nothing else with them. Let's finish off on the highest note of any couple. I've been rooting for them. I will forever be rooting for them. I will always be standing them. Let's go to Kenny and Armando to end Mm -hmm. this episode. So they had a big feature this episode with Kenny and Armando. Basically, the last time we saw them, they had just arrived at Armando's family's house, and they were worried, is Armando's dad going to be receptive or not? Is he going to even be there? Not only was he there, he was receptive. Everything was nice. However, Kenny was a little worried that Armando was being hesitant on telling them about the wedding because that's why they're here. They didn't do that. So now this episode immediately addresses that. The start is Armando is going with his mom to buy something for their garden. And this is where he's going to tell her about the wedding. Mm -hmm. And they both talk about how happy they were that his dad was very welcoming and everything. And then Armando last season, last year, uh, basically asked his mom if he should tell his dad about the engagement. And his mom was like, no, 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 I'll do it. Don't you worry. A year went by. She said nothing. So he doesn't know that they're engaged. And she wants Armando instead to break that ice and tell him, which is fine. But now Armando is tasked with not only telling his mom that they're going to get married, like have a mm-hmm. proper wedding, but also he has to break two things over to his dad. Right. And I was kind of like, Armando, though, like, that's not your mom's responsibility. Like, I get that she told him not to worry about it, but I really do feel like that. He should have never um, kind of agreed to let her do that. Uh, But yeah, like we're here, you know, it's at that point, like there's no more running or, or, or backing down from it. He, 
if he wants his dad to be a part of his life, he has to tell him what's going on, you know? And I love that the the title of this episode was like facing fear because that's what he was, he was doing. He's, he's facing his fear of telling his dad. And, you know, I thought it went pretty well. Yeah, no, this was very touching. Like there's not, mm-hmm. I feel like there's been very little episodes with um Kenny and Armando that I haven't felt feelings. And I yes. felt feelings again here first um, with his mom. He mentions that he wants to, he's going to get married and stuff. And he wanted to tell her first because last time she, you know, didn't want him to tell her in front of everyone when he did. And she, mm-hmm. his mom's clearly struggling with this because his mom says that she remembers, you know, when he had a wife and a daughter and that's how she remembers him. It's hard to forget it. And he wants her to understand that he's being the real him now. And his mom mentions, well, you know, I worry sometimes that when I cry, I think you think it's because I don't accept you, but I mm-hmm. do accept you. And this was all said in Spanish. I read subtitles. These were subtitles mm-hmm. I read. The subtitles made me feel emotion. I felt everything in that moment. And it was very, very touching so. because she clearly is, you know, speaking her truth. He clearly understands her and loves her and she loves him. And it's amazing. That's not even the most emotional conversation of the day here. The (laughs) next part is now Armando is going to his dad to not only tell him about the engagement, tell him about the wedding, the whole, you know, nine yards. So he goes to talk to his dad and he says, you know, I want to be honest with you. I'm an adult and you're an adult. I want to talk to you man to man and basically tells his dad, you know, about his relationship and everything. And his dad says, you are an adult and I trust you and I accept you. I'm proud Mm -hmm. of you being my son. I'm proud because you're a smart person and that's good enough for me. You're my son and I love you. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. And this was a person who, you know, the show's had us believe for a whole year and a half at this point. Mm -hmm. Unaccepting of their son who's going to excommunicate him, who doesn't want anything to do with him. None of that seems to be the truth here whatsoever. Yeah, they really built it up like his family was really gonna just completely just excommunicate him. But it was, it was so, it was such a good feeling to see this conversation and to see his dad get very emotional. Um, for him to say the words that he was proud of him. Like I was just taken aback because they really had me geared up for, <laughs> I was scared, you know? Um, so I, this is such an emotional roller coaster here. Um, I'm glad it was like up. Everything was uphill. And of course, we're always team Kenny and Armando here. And this, this again, we're at episode five. And I think this is the most substantial footage that we got from them, which mm-hmm. could be why they were like kind of dragging out the, the beginning of it. Um, but I also want to say like, <laughs> I'm glad I I hope he gives his parents like grace in a sense like that sounds crazy but like they if you look at it from their point of view they didn't see this coming at all you know what I'm saying they were they're blindsided by it and you know they're blindsided by it but they have both expressed to him that they still love him it just it just took them a while to like absorb it you know what i'm saying to like really absorb it and yeah honestly i think uh better late than never you know i think 
giving them grace to just be like, okay, you know, really take it in, let them mourn what they thought their son's life was going to be. And then let them, um, give them the time to, um, get them to acclimate to the new reality. And honestly, these are such good steps. Honestly, these are great steps. And I think all it will take is time and just take more time. And if this is how it starts really well, I think by, you know, a few years from now, maybe just not even that long, you know, it'll, they'll be one big family again. You know, the, his dad even said like, you know, down the line, he'll, he'd like to get to know his partner a little bit more. And I was like, what more can you ask for when you are just, um, making the first baby steps? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean? Like, I feel like obviously the ideal is no matter what and how they accept and love their son unconditionally. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. But I appreciate the honesty that we're seeing here because obviously they're clearly wanting to adapt and they're not being set in their ways. Being like, no, this is not what we believe in. This is not mm-hmm. how we see the world. We're out. Like, screw you. Deal with your life. Like, they're not doing that, which I really am happy they're not for our exactly. sake here. Um, mm-hmm. So this brings us to the next part, which actually everything you just said links to it because obviously all of this gets mentioned. And then he tells his dad, so we're all like, I wanted you to know that we are engaged and, and mom didn't want you to say anything. So I'm saying it to you now. He, his dad mentions that he might have overheard some stuff, but he wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he tells his dad, you know, we're getting married next year and it's important for me for you to be there. And this is where we get a little bit of pushback from dad, not in a don't do it way, but in a I can't mm-hmm. give you an immediate response on whether or not I'll be there. I need to think about it and analyze it. Which to me is basically he needs time to come to terms with it. Mm-hmm. And then I think he's going to be there and I think he's going to be nothing but supportive. It's just going to take him some time to get there. Um, and again, I'm very, because of the way the show set it up also making us seem that this is a, a older gentleman who is set in his ways, who doesn't accept his son. Like this gives me so much more hope that we've gotten to see this side of Armando's dad, that everything will be okay. He just needs the time. And honestly, based on what Armando was saying in his confessionals, it's very clear that he is relieved that this is a, also a dialogue that he can have and that not only did he get to express his true self with his dad, but that his father also shared his feelings and talked to him because they didn't have that relationship before. He feels like he didn't really know his dad before. And now with the mm-hmm. opening up, he's starting to learn more about who his dad is and he's loving that. Exactly. And and again, it's just like you know, you you have to give grace to some people, at least the ones who are not all people, not everybody deserves grace or the benefit of the doubt, but the people who are really trying to change and acclimate, you know, you really should give the grace. And it is unfortunate that the father did have to sit there and think about it for a moment. I wonder if just kind of like Evelyn's parents, is it the sanctity of marriage? Um, What's giving him a little bit of pause about uh, Kenny and Armando's like marriage, you know, cause that was a big, um, crutch about before the, uh, equ- right. uh, the marriage equality act, you know, um, marriage versus civil unions and stuff like that. But, um, baby steps, baby steps. This, you know, we're, it's, we're on a good path. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, you'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. But you, this does open the door for Kenny to get to know his family more. This, this does open the door for them to grow closer and for his family to be more accepting. So 
in this case, I would definitely say, you know, benefit of the doubt and patience is, is definitely warranted. Yeah. And honestly, like, I want more from this family. I want to see more scenes with them. I want to learn more about them because the next time on makes me feel like it's his mom that is more having more of a difficulty to adapting to who Armando really is and who mm-hmm. he, like who who his true self is than his dad because mm-hmm. in the next time on we see more of the mom talking about you know what she said earlier about how she still pictures him with a wife and a daughter and, mm-hmm. and is having a hard time adapting to what he um is now with him and Kenny so we're going to see more of that with his mom it's a struggle obviously Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be interesting because I do think, uh, in that scene, Kenny's daughter is also there. And Kenny's daughter obviously, right. um, grew up with this being mm-hmm. not only normal, but also what she knows. So mm-hmm. she is having a tough time understanding or being on this other side where someone doesn't understand this. Yeah. So these are all dialogues that I think are both extremely important. And I really want to see more of on the show because we don't get to really see this a lot on 90 Day. So I'm right. very excited to at least not only get to see more of it, but also learn more about it in, mm-hmm. in the way of like, how do families deal with it and communicate with it? Like, cause it's very interesting to me. This whole dynamic. Yeah, range it really me. is. Kenny coming from a family where he's been openly accepted and from the beginning, no one's questioned anything to Armando who, you know, late, like finally shows his true self to his family who is clearly struggling with it, but also yeah. love him. So I'm, mm-hmm. I just want to I want to see this play out more, and this goes beyond like reality TV enjoyment. I just yes. want to see this play out. Exactly, exactly. All right. So, well, that was a very okay. that I feel I feel my heart feels very full, and mm-hmm. I'm very happy. We had a lot of important discussions here today, Mari. Thank you yes. so much for having these discussions with me, and um, let the people know where can they find you. And what can they expect to see from you? Of course, uh, you can always find me every week on the Wrestling Rehap Up with uh, my great co-host, Matt Scott. Every week we go over the highlights in wrestling, um, WWE, AEW, um, as much wrestling as possible. You don't have to watch wrestling. You can just come and listen to us. We have fabulous guests. Puya has been on a few times. We always love when we have him on. But just come check us out. Um, you can always uh, look for us in your pot anywhere you get podcasts wrestling wrap up or you can go to uh the youtube rob has a podcast youtube and we have the video uh podcast on there those those i definitely recommend because we pull out really pull up really nice images of the wrestlers so you can understand what we're talking about when we go through the highlights but that's where i'm at every week uh this past week i was on the circle round table that was fun um (laughs) so uh you can always find me on Twitter at Mari Talks Too Much. I will be actively avoiding soaking TikTok uh, on there. Uh, and that's that's two like the number two. And we also just released our, uh, of course, I'm jumping back and forth. Uh, we also just released our uh, uh, Extreme Rules um, pay-per-view live reactions. Me and Matt do that on Stereo. So if you download the Stereo app, you can follow us. Uh, same screen names at Mari Talks Too Much and at Matt Scott GW on Stereo. And you can get notification when we go live um, and do our live podcast. That way you can actually be a part of the conversation by um, submitting audio questions. Whew. 
that's it for me right now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that, Marty. Uh, you course. can find me on Twitter at Puyaism on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I do stream three times a week there. Come say hi. Would appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Mask singer going strong. Just started out the gate already. Three unmaskings have been done. Way more to come. Liana and I talked about the two night premiere this past week. That's available in your feed right now. And then later this week, we will be talking about group B and our first impressions there as well. So definitely check that out. I did my last live feed update for the summer. Sad to see it go, but it had mm-hmm. to happen. Um, that's already up there available. And I will be on to talk big brother one more time finale night Wednesday with Rob, Taryn and Melissa. So definitely come through there as well. And as always, if you have any feedback for us with this episode, I love learning more about the stuff that goes on here. I love getting fact checked. Um, and I like being educated on this stuff. So if you have any feedback for anything we discussed today on the uh, 90 day pod, feel free to do that on Twitter for sure. Um, you can tag both of us in there. We would love that. And then last but not least, um, go over to robinswebsite.com slash 90 day fiance, the number nine, number zero day fiance. If you would like to leave a rating or review for this podcast, that does help the podcast get found easier by other people, by newcomers potentially. And it also allows me to find out what you think about the show overall. And if there's any improvements that need to be made or anything, feel free to do that as well. Now, this is where we say goodbye to you. I'll be back in approximately 15 seconds to fill you in on all the nonsense that went on. 90 Day Fiance bears all the Discovery Plus exclusive where they decide we can just be as dirty as we want here and say whatever (laughs) outlandish stuff we want. I've watched about 20 minutes of it right now. Just give you a quick preview of what you can expect. Um, Pedro and Chantel are going to be there. And there is a lot of conversation about their soaking techniques and stuff oh, like no. that. So <laughs> there's that stuff. We're going to see Steven and Alina in this one. So there's definitely some 90 day fiance, the other way content wrapped up in there as well. You can check that out in about 20 seconds. Until then, take care. The hot mess express has come to an end. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 90 Day Fiance Rahapa podcast, the Bears All portion of the coverage. Of course, you know, I'll be here every week at the end of the podcast talking about all the shenanigans my eyes bared witness to on Bears All. Discovery Plus exclusive. So I'll do it so you don't have to. <laughs> and uh, this was a pretty interesting episode, actually. So the main two couples that were featured on this episode or Pedro and Chantel, which, as you might have imagined, is because uh, the family Chantel is coming out with a new season starting October 11th. So they're going to be on their new season. So they're there to promote that pretty much. And then we actually get a couple from this season of 90 Day the Other Way, Stephen and Alina, who make an appearance. So there's some stuff to talk about here. Let's just break it all down. This is not going to be as long as the other two segments we've done the last couple of weeks, simply because there wasn't a lot to comb over. Um, but we'll see. I'll say that now. We'll see how it goes. All right. <laughs> so the first thing that happens, Pedro and Chantel make an appearance and they show us a scene of them, uh, when they were, you know, 25 years old back in their origin days. And they show a scene where Pedro wasn't wearing socks all day and he was in his shoes and his feet smelled. And she talked about that. Um, but, uh, that wasn't really that important. So what was important here is that 
Sean comes back. Now, Sean talks to Pedro, says, I haven't seen you since July 2018. And he's like, yeah, I know it's been a minute. And they talk about whether or not these two are interested in having babies in the future. Chantal says she wants to do it before they turn. she turns 40. So she just turned 30 this year for context. And then what happens next is, of course, it's bears all. So we're going to talk about, hey, how's the romantic life been? And this is this is probably where I say if, if there's any kids listening, you, you got to turn it off. You can't be listening to this. Um, I might not even go that in deep into it. But Bears all pretty much, I feel, what I'm feeling is they just find any excuse to make it sexual for no reason. So, um, how's the romantic life been? And then Chantal says, well, they say women peak sexually at 30. Sean goes, have you peaked? And Chantal replies, no, consistent. And Pedro says, no, 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 Chantal's thirsty. She wants more and more and more. Um, does she want it more than you do, Pedro? No. That's what Pedro replies. And then, Sean asks, how many times do you get busy per week? Why do we need to know this? <laughs> Why is this part of the conversation? Why am I here speaking about it? I don't know. I couldn't answer any of those things for you. But for those of you curious, they said three or four times a week. Okay. All right. Then they play a game created by Sean Robinson, of course, called Kiss and Chantel. The loser will have to do a pole dance. All right. And basically, this is match game. She's going to ask Pedro a question, for example, and then Pedro's going to write it down. Chantel's going to write it down. If they match, Chantel gets a point. That's where it's going to be. Okay. So let's just jump into these questions and, and bang them out. Um, oh God, I shouldn't have said that before I'm, what I'm about to say, but we move. Uh, what is Chantel's favorite position? You know, you know what kind of position we're talking about? Uh, Pedro says nothing. He writes down the number four. And you, like me, probably are just confused. What is number four? He means doggy style. We move. Um, Chantel says, when he picks me up, so they don't get a point. So why am I doing this? This is, <laughs> this is not important information. You know, I just got to get through it. All right. So then, um, Chantel asked, when did Pedro lose his virginity? She says 25. He says 23. There's like a, oh, moment. And, and Chantel looks shocked and Chantel realizes, Oh, yeah, we got married at 25. We met when he was 23. And I know because he lost his virginity to me. And apparently we didn't know this. So Pedro was like, oh, my God, how dare you tell people? Like, what the, what the hell? So that is the thing that happened. They don't match, okay? And then Sean asks, Chantel, on a scale of 1 to 10, rate his skills in the bedroom. They both say 10. So Pedro scores a point. And spoiler alert, this is the only point that's going to be dished out during this game, okay? Um, which I mean, makes me feel like we shouldn't probably go through, but at this point we're deep in it. Okay. So then, um, Pedro's asked how, what's the most amount of times you've done the thing in one day? Uh, he says four, she says six or seven. Pedro's like, well, I only remember four. Then the next question was, uh, Chantel, what's your favorite part of Pedro's body? She says his smile. Great answer. He says my ass. Great answer. Question mark. I don't know. Pedro wins. Um, but Chantel's in a dress, so she declines the pole dance and says, Pedro, do it for me. And Pedro works this pole to perfection. He knows what he's doing. He nails it. Okay. All right. Then they show us a sneak peek of the family Chantel coming up. 
And that was very, you know, interesting. Uh, Sean's going to go ask them about a few of their Instagram posts. It was mostly like, you know, Pedro at the gym, Chantal at the beach. So like, you know, glamour, shot, good shots, good photos, you know, with no like nothing funny or, or anything to pull from. But then they talk about, ooh, Pedro, you've got like a six pack now. What's going on? So Pedro was like, well, I gained a bunch of weight at one point. And then the doctor said I had high blood pressure and gave me some medication for that. And then I switched over to Muay Thai to not only bring the blood pressure down, but also to get fit. So that's what happens there. All right. And then basically that's, that's like the most of it with them. The next interesting thing, they actually did do one interesting thing. They brought in a veteran producer by the name of Martin on stage for an interview. And Martin was supposed to basically give us some behind the scenes, never before heard of stuff that had happened on the show while, while he's been producing. And, um, they talk about, they, they show a scene from the family Chantel or yeah, where uh Royal was mad and Royal was about to go into one-on-one with Martin. And basically, and yeah, so for the context that you might need uh, as to who Royal is, Royal is Chantel's older brother. He got introduced to the franchise in the second season of the family Chantel, pretty much. And it, the story, the, the scene they showed us is uh Royal is arguing with his uh, partner and then he storms off and Martin's trying to get him to say some stuff and he is not having it. He, he's about to engage in fisticuffs with Martin pretty much. He's very angry. Um, so then they go, the, the next scene they talk about is, um, they go over to his partner's village and Royal, in order to get married, had to be baptized. But no one in their family was there to like be the witness, so to speak, to baptize and no one was Catholic. So Martin, who was Catholic, ends up becoming Royal's godfather to get this done. So now Martin's Royal's godfather. This happened like two, three days after that fisticuffs. We move. The next scene that Martin talks about is the Daniel and Muhammad scene. This is from back when they were getting divorced and Muhammad refused to get filmed and was instead filming them, which was very jarring to see. He was very mad. Clearly, he just wanted some space, but they weren't given to him because, you know, there's like five people with cameras on him. He wasn't about that. So then they talk about that. Then the next one was Kyle and Newt. Now, if you don't remember this, Kyle um, lived in New Orleans and he was the American counterpart of the relationship. And they showed us when they first got to Kyle's apartment. Now, Kyle's apartment, and I remembered this vividly and they showed it again. He lived with a roommate and they didn't quite have walls in their apartment. It was kind of separated um, by manually separated. And the apartment was infested with cockroaches. And that was basically the reason this scene came up is they Martin talked about how bad the situation was at Kyle's place. There were like 40, 50 cockroaches everywhere. And he's like, I, I went over to look at the Wi-Fi code behind the router and there was like 10 cockroaches on my arm. I was like, I would have left. I would have been like, this job is not worth it. Get me out. I'm not going to stay here. I couldn't hack it. But hey, Martin is a real one. Martin got through it. It's fine. Then the last scene they talk about is from Nicole and Ozen. So this is from when Nicole goes to uh, Morocco and Ozen books two hotel rooms for them. And Martin explains because of the rules in, in Morocco, if you're not married, you're not meant to be together like in a hotel room alone. So they break this rule. They have two rooms. Nicole, like, you know, it's not about that. She stays with Ozen. And then a couple days after, 
they wake up and there's cops all over the hotel and Ozen's freaking out because Ozen thinks someone snitched on them. And that's why the cops are here. And he's like freaking out. Nicole's freaking out. Everyone's freaking out. Uh, but then it turns out it's because the hotel owner had not paid taxes for like a year. So that's why the cops were there. So I had nothing to do with them. But again, these are some things that are mentioned. Again, a bit of filler, but a little bit of filler. But, you know, it's nice to get a little tidbit of information here and there. We'll take it. The next scene, and that's the final scene now, Stephen and Alina. I mentioned they were going to be here. They're here. So here's the interesting bit. So Alina is on Skype. She's been video called in. Stephen's there in person. And before anything kicks off, uh, Sean, make sure to tell us, just so y'all know, before we go any further, we will not be talking about the status of their relationship. We would like to see it play out on 90 Day the other way. So we don't know basically what, what this means. Did he, did they break up and he's, you know, he moved back to the States or is he just back in the States visiting? No idea. We'll have to wait and see what happens with the show. But then they showed the scene of Steven trying to hitchhike because of course they know this is gold for them. Let's watch it again and again and again. And then they show us a never seen before uh, footage of uh, Stephen and Alina at a Turkish market. So basically they went to this market and this is going to be a setup for what they're going to do next. There's another game uh, happening here soon. So they are at a Turkish market and they're going around and stuff. And Steven sees this like big tuna and the vendor offers him a piece of raw tuna that's been sitting out in the sun and he eats it. And they're like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And and Stephen was like, oh, you know, it's kind of tasty. It was warm. So I don't know if it was good that I ate it, but it felt like warm sushi without rice. I was like, well, that description doesn't help me whatsoever. That's fine. Now, the reason this was relevant is because to them, they're like, well, this was not a good food item, right? So we brought together a taste of the most unique Russian foods for the three of you to try. Three of you because Pedro and Chantel are still there. And all of this while Alina's watching. Now, before we get into any of this, I just want to preface this by you can't bring someone else's culture's food into a taste test, preface that it's going to be nasty, and then have people eat it who are not going to like it. It's very disrespectful to the person. So if I was, if it was me, right? If I'm on the, if I'm on the Zoom call and they're like, okay, uh, the three of you, we're going to bring some Iranian cuisine, some Persian cuisine for you. Here's some kebabs and everyone's making faces. I'd be like, yo, you are wrong. You don't know what taste is. You have no taste buds. Get out of here. So I already want to preface that because you know exactly where this is going to go. Um, now, the first recipe was um, herring fish. It was like a herring fish. That was like herring fish, mayo, onions, boiled potatoes, carrots, beets, lots of mayo. They said mayo twice and literally the second time said lots of mayo. So I'm going to take the word for it that it was lots of mayo. Now, Alina says she loves this dish. It's one of her favorites. Um, the three of them try it. Steven liked it. So brownie points for Steven. Uh, Chantel says, ew, and Pedro is full on gagging. So that's not great. Now, I, based on the ingredients, I would be out on this, but I would definitely give it a shot. Who knows? Okay. Next thing was something called a holodet. It's basically a cold meat jelly served in the holiday, during the holidays. And this looked pretty much like yellow jelly. But now you know there's meat inside. And when Steven asks what kind of meat, they don't know. They can't answer that for him. So they try this. Pedro's gagging yet again. Steven says he's had bad experience with this before. He tries it anyway. Still gags. All right. Last thing they try is beef tongue. And Steven liked it. Pedro liked it. 
Steven said it kind of feels like wet dog food, which how would you know what that texture is, man? We move. It's fine. The last scene is Pedro is going to be brought over to, you know, show us some of his Muay Thai, which now this three weeks in, we're starting to see the trends on this show. They're going to have two we- like games involved, probably. One's going to be a Q&A. One's going to be something random, which this time was the food the taste test. The third thing is going to be some kind of performance, right? This is now the third time where I feel like we've seen some kind of performance go down. So we had the wrestling scene in one of them. We had Britney rapping last week. And then this week we have Pedro doing some of this Muay Thai. Nothing really impressive to talk about. So that's about it here. Now, I want to say thank you so much for listening this far into the podcast. I really do appreciate you. Your support means the world to me. And I can't thank you enough for listening to me talk about one of my favorite shows on and on and on. Now, if you could leave a rating or review for the podcast, please go over to robazwebsite.com, 90 Day Fiance. That's the number nine, number zero, Day Fiance. I, we currently are sitting at 94 reviews. I would love to get that to 100. Just a nice round number for me. So if you could do that, I would appreciate it for sure. You can find me on Twitter at Puyism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puyism. I do stream three times a week. Definitely come say hi. And 90 Day Fiance, going strong, like I mentioned earlier. Group B coming in this week. Can't wait to talk all about that with Liana Boris. And as always, if you have any feedback for me as far as fact-checking anything I've said on the show or you have any opinions you want to give, feel free to do so. I am very, very much appreciative of anybody that wants to have these discussions, and I would be very open to learning more and more as we go along here. Thank you so much. Now... I want to make sure if someone had already logged off, if you're here still, you're a real, real one because you listen to the plugs. Next week, we will have the host of the Love and Hip Hop Atlanta podcast here with us. It'll be Sasha Joseph back again, ready to break down all things 90 Day Fiance. Until then, take care. Have a good one. You've arrived at your destination. I've been your host and conductor, Puyaz and Vakili from the Hot Mess Express. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.